Nothing just happens. Part 2 is the title of the message. And I'll be in 2 Kings chapter 7. 2 Kings chapter 7. From verse 1 all the way to 20. And I will also be in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And verse 18. 2 Kings chapter 7. So while we are getting ready to be there, let me add my voice to the Valentine's outreach that has been announced. Please cooperate. 1,500 is not too much. I trust God that um, you will have it and you'll have more than enough. So much so that you can... In fact, the best way to do it is to buy a ticket for yourself and buy a ticket for someone else that you're inviting. That's to make it an outreach. Invite a friend that is not born again so they can find Christ and find the true love of God. Um, invite someone, and if it's your date, invite them. And if you don't have a date, invite someone. Just make sure you don't come alone. Alright? Some have bay, but they don't have boo. And some have boo, but they don't have bay. But we have bay, and we have boo. <laughs> Glory be to God. Hallelujah. You know the God we serve. One of, that's why I like that song that I was taking this morning. Ebu bay. Ebu, Bay, DK, hallelujah. God has everything. The Bay and the Boo, they are part of the names of God, hallelujah. So make sure that you come, make sure you pay. Um, this time, I'm not paying for anybody, I wanted to pay. I'm not paying. Shish. Don't worry, God will bless you. Can I have an amen? And I, I'm, I'm talking to blessed people this morning. Am I talking to blessed people this morning? Express on us, are you blessed? This is the time to show it. We are blessed. So blessed that the blessed call us blessed. Abba. So what is 1,500? The devil is in trouble. Amen? Um, I think one of the announcements I'd like to make is the prayer meeting tomorrow. Prayer time is 3 p.m. to 5 p.m. Two hours. Come and lock in. Lock hands with God, shut yourself in with God, and settle scores and settle matters on your knees. Present your family before God, present the church before God, two solid hours, and your life will never be the same again in Jesus' name. Second Kings chapter 7, are you there? Alright, so let us read together from the word of God. Let's read in concert. One, two, go. Then Elisha said, hear ye the word of the Lord, thus saith the Lord. Tomorrow, about this time, shall a measure of fine flour be sold for a shekel, and two measures of barley for a shekel in the gate of Samaria. Then a lord, on whose hand the king leaned, answered the man of God and said, Behold, if the Lord would make windows in heaven, might this thing be? And he said, Behold, thou shalt see it with thine eyes, but shalt not eat thereof. And there were four leprous men at the entering in of the gate, and they said one to another, Why sit we here until we die? If we say we will enter into the city, then the famine is in the city, and we shall die there. And if we sit still here, we die also. Now therefore, come, and let us fall unto the host of the Syrians. If they save us alive, we shall live, and if they kill us, we shall but die. And they rose up in the twilight to go unto the camp of the Syrians. And when they were come to the uttermost part of the camp of Syria, 
Behold, there was no man there. For the Lord had made the host of the Syrians to hear. The Lord, somebody said the Lord. The Lord's factor was right there in the middle. For the Lord had made the host of the Syrians to hear a noise of chariots. And the noise of horses. Even the noise of a great host. Not a small host, a great host. And they said one to another, Lo! The king of Israel has hired against us the kings of the Hittites and the kings of the Egyptians to come upon us. Wherefore, they arose and fled in the twilight and left their tents. I want you to notice that the, the lepers began to move in the twilight. And in the same twilight, now twilight is old English. This is talking about the dusk, the evening time when it's just about getting dark. Like when you say dusk to dawn, dawn is the, is the other end of the twilight. When it's just getting bright, the early morning, the dawn. Alright, but this was the dusk. It was just getting dark. The moment they started making the move, the hosts of the Syrians also started running away. The moment the lepers started making the move, and because God was also making the move, the hosts of the Syrians that same twilight, that same moment began to flee for their dear lives. Notice that as we travel this morning. Wherefore they arose and fled in the twilight and left their tents and their horses and their asses, even the camp as it was, and fled for their lives. And when these lepers came to the uttermost part of the camp, they went into one tent and did eat and drink and carried from there, silver and gold and raiment, that's talking about designer clothing, and went and hid it and came again and entered into another tent. And now notice the Bible didn't say when they came to another tent, they started eating and drinking again because they could not eat and drink anymore. They were satisfied and they were full. So when they came to the second tent, what they did was to carry stuff also and went and hid it. Then they said to one another, come on guys, we are not doing well. We do not well. <laughs> he said, this day is the day of good tidings. I pray for someone, no matter what is going on around you right now, for you this day is the day of good tidings. And we hold our peace. If we tarry till the morning light, if we stay till the dawn, some mischief will come upon us. Because we have been selfish. Now therefore come. That we may go together. And tell the king's household. Let's take the good news into the city. So they came and called unto the porter of the city. Now there was a particular porter of the city. That's the chief security officer of Samaria. They came and, and then they told him. And, and then what did they tell him? They said we came to the camp of the Syrians. And behold there was no man there. Neither voice of man, but horses tied, and asses tied, and the tents as they were. And he called the porters. Now he called for the guys under him, working with him, the, 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 the vigilante, the security men, who were keeping watch over the city. He called upon them, and they told it to the king's house within. They took the news from the border of Samaria, where the chief porter was working, to the other porters, the other security men, who now took the information to the house of the king who was living in the city of Samaria. Are you with me, church? Come on, are you with me, church? 
And the king arose in the night and said unto his servants, I will now show you what the Syrians have done to us. They know that we are hungry. <laughs> I love the way King James put it. He said, they know that we be hungry. This reminds me of pigeon English every time. They know that we be hungry. Now, but he's saying they know that we are hungry. Therefore, they had gone out of the camp to hide themselves in the field. Saying, when they come out of the city, we shall catch them alive and get into the city. Look at the way this man was rationalizing the good news that was brought to him. Look at the way he was thinking. Because this situation had taken hold of his mentality. It is one thing to, to, to be in a problem, to be in a crisis. It's another for a crisis to be in you. That's why Jesus gave us a stern warning in the book of John. And I would think now it's John 24 or 27 or 28 verse 1. The media can help do a work there. Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. Now, it is possible for you to have trouble around you. He said, but don't let trouble get into your heart. The water around a ship does not sink the ship. It is the water that gets into the ship that sinks the ship. You can have trouble around you, but don't allow that trouble to get into you. Trouble may be all around you. It may be staring you in the face. It really doesn't matter because you're going to overcome. As long as you don't allow that trouble to get into you. Are you with me, church? The trouble had gotten so much into this king, he wasn't thinking straight anymore. They brought good news to him and he said, look, I'm going to tell you what these guys have done. They have, they have a strategy. There is a warfare strategy that they have deployed. And what is the warfare strategy? They got out of their camp. They went into hiding and then they sent fake news to us, fake alerts. So that when we come out to go into their camp, they will catch us alive and they will kill us and they will take over the city. He didn't know that God was already at work. It was there when Elisha, the man of God, gave the prophecy that tomorrow about this time at the gate of Samaria shall a measure of fine flour be sold for a shekel and two measures of barley for a shekel. But you see, this, this was too much for them. Because they don't understand that God is a God of speed. They don't understand that God is a God of divine acceleration. They don't understand that God is the one that collapses time in the favor of his children. I pray for someone today. In this season of darkness all over the world, God will collapse time in your favor. I'm going to preach a message very soon, maybe next week. And I'm going to title it, Impossible is Nothing. The, the, the major problem that we have is our unrenewed mind. When your mind is not renewed to the word of God and is not renewed by the word of God, you can't believe nothing. Let the preacher preach like house on fire. But if you have a mind that is renewed, such a mind is open to the possibilities of God. God said, I am God. Is there anything too hard for me to do? Maybe hard for your biological father, not for me. Maybe hard for your professors, not for me. Maybe hard for the doctors, not for me. It may be hard for the lawyers, not for me. I'm the God of all flesh. And so God was at work here. But the king didn't understand. The things of God are spiritually discerned. We are learning that at Bible study now. So if you are not coming to Bible study, you are doing yourself a disservice. The ways of God are spiritually discerned. The carnal man cannot know them. First Corinthians chapter 2 from verse 9. It says, no, now, no eye has seen, neither has it, no ear has heard, neither has it entered into the heart of any man. The things that God has in stock for those that love him. Now, down that verse, Paul the Apostle wrote, he said the natural man cannot know the things of God because they are spiritually discerned. 
He said, who is the man that knows the things of a man except the spirit of that man that is in him? Even so, the things of God can no man know. No man can genasco. No man can, the word genasco is the Greek word that is used for sexual intimacy. It is the highest level of knowing and it was used in that verse. He said, no man can genasco the things of God except the spirit of God. But we have, we have received the spirit of God and not the spirit of the world so that we might know the things that have been freely given to us. It's important that we're able to discern what the Lord is saying. It's important we're able to discern the times and the seasons. It's a very dark time in our country. But this is the time that is challenging your faith. This is the time that you either believe or you beg. This is the time that if you even try to beg someone else, they will also give you a story because everybody's going through stuff. This is the time to look up with your two eyes to God. Like David said in Psalm 121, I will lift up my eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord who made the heavens and the earth. Are you with me, church? I'm enjoying this time. It's a time of challenge. It's a time of distress all over the world, not just in our country. But you know why I'm enjoying it? It's putting a demand on my faith. This season all over the world is putting a demand on your faith as a believer. If you're a Christian, let us know now. You have two eyes. Can one look up and one look down at the same time? Try it, everybody. Do it now. Try to look up with one eye and look down with the other eye right now at the same time. At the same time. Even try at different times, it won't work. <laughs> uh, is it that you're looking up or you're looking down? David said, I will lift up my eyes, the two of them, unto the hills. From whence cometh my help. My help cometh from my uncle who works in Abuja. <laughs> Are you talking to me? Come and talk to me, church. My help cometh from my cousin who lives in America. Where does your help come from? And the Lord is not short of supply. The Lord is not short of resources. Are you getting what I'm saying? Paul the apostle picked that up in Philippians 4.19 when he said, But my God shall supply all your needs according to the inflation rate of your country. According to what? His riches in glory by Christ Jesus regardless of your economy. We are talking about the kind of supply that has no respect for your economy. God, now your mates. God was talking here, and this king was trying to say, No, it, it, that, that's not the way it works, you know. These guys have hidden themselves. He was almost going to cut himself short. I move on very quickly. And one of his servants, after the king had talked rubbish, because sometimes you think wisdom should always come from some particular people because they are well placed in society, but it doesn't happen that way. Many, many times. God uses the best things of this world to confound the wise. The king had spoken, but he had spoken nonsense. In, on the streets, they say, he don't yarn dust. The guy doesn't yarn opaka, just yarn dust. Dust. They brought good news, he yarn dust. His words didn't make sense. Now listen, there was a servant under him who even had more wisdom than the king. Look at what the servant said. This, and one of his servants answered and said, let some take, I pray thee, I beg you, king, five of the horses that remain. Because apparently they had boiled some of the horses for food. The situation in Samaria was so bad. I know some of you say, oh, come on. Somebody eat horse. <laughs> when the famine got to the peak, two, two women actually agreed to boil their children to eat. And one of them surrendered her son and she was boiled. You remember that from 2 Kings chapter 6, the previous chapter. 
The famine was so grievous, anything edible would make sense. Anything edible, including a human being. Human beings came under attack. Everybody became an endangered species. Father, mother, children. Fathers were looking at mothers, mothers were looking at fathers. <laughs> that your head might be sweet. Oh my God. It was that terrible. So I figured that they had even eaten their horses. And they had just five horses left in the whole country. This servant said, and he said, look, my king, I beg you, let someone take five of the horses that remain, which are left in the city. Behold, there is all the multitude of Israel that are left in it. It's like, you see, those five horses are like the population of all Israel. There's no, we don't have any horses anymore. He said, behold, I say, they are even as all the multitude of the Israelites that are consumed. And let us send and see. Let's give this a shot. Let's try this out. Let's take a risk. We have five horses left. Stand on. After all, we don't have anything, any, any, anything more. Nothing more to lose. We have lost enough. One of the things you need to learn to do this year by the leading of the Holy Ghost is to learn to take risks. But take calculated risks. Take risks based on instruction from the Holy Ghost. Where there is no pain, there is no gain. Certain people are so complacent with where they are and they want things to change. You have to venture. If there is no venture, there is no gain. You have to venture. Do something. Start a business. Go somewhere. Learn a skill. Learn a profession. Take action. Otherwise, things will not naturally just change. Are you with me, church? Are you with me, church? Let me tell you, as bad as the economy is in Nigeria right now, some people are making their millions. Legit. Legit. And they don't have two heads. Just one, like we all do. And some of them are not even connected to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. What are we doing? What's our excuse? Why are we not doing exploits? This is the best time to preach the gospel. Everybody is hungry. And you are so blessed. You buy a bag of rice. You take it to your house where you live. There are about six families in your house. They are all neighbors. There's nobody who give a kungu of rice now that will not dance. They will dance without music. Just a kungu of rice. No, I'm not buying. I don't have money to buy. No, I'm not, I'm not selling. I'm just, the Lord said I should give you. The Lord. Ah, no. Where is your church? I want to meet that Lord. If you meet the needs of people right now, it will be a whole lot easy for you to tell them about Christ. Are you getting what I'm saying? Are you getting what I'm saying? Valentine is coming. A lot of people are broke. They don't know where to go. And you could just say, I'm buying 20 tickets. How much is the ticket? One five. 10 tickets will be 15,000. 20 tickets, 30,000. Okay, I'm buying 20 tickets. I want to invite people. And then you go around your, your school. Now, this is one five, but I paid for it. Come for free. Just come the way you are. Really? Is there food? Yeah, there is food. I tell you, it's called gastrointestinal evangelism. They will come. I tell you, this doesn't, it doesn't just work in Nigeria. It works overseas. In London, senior pastor told me, one, in, in programs, when they have programs, like full gospel programs, people carry their old Bible, very big Bible, because they are going for a free dinner. You know, overseas, especially in the UK, when somebody invites you for a dinner or something like that, you better get ready to pay. They invite you, but you will still pay. But then you tell them this is on the house. This is free. They will dust their Bible and carry the Bible. They have not read it in ages. But they will come to that program because there is free food. 
Why do you think the multitude kept following Jesus everywhere? Read your Bible very well. Even Jesus told them in John 6, he said, I know you are not following me because, I'm, 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 because you've seen uh, I'm, I'm the son of God or anything. He said, but because of the, the bread that you have eaten. They went looking. When they didn't see him, they went to his house in Capernaum. They were waiting for him there. So, master, when did you get here? We didn't see you again. Food. The power of food. May God bless you to sponsor the gospel. And one of his servants said this to him and said, let us send and see. So they took therefore two chariot horses. He said, we have five. Let's send, but the man, look at the king go. He sent two. They took two chariot horses and the king sent after the host of the Syrians saying, go and see. I've been persuaded. Go and see. And they went after them unto Jordan. And lo, listen, all the way was full of garments and vessels which the Syrians had cast away in their haste. And the messengers returned and told the king, on the way, we're just seeing fine, fine clothes scattered all over the place. What kind of warfare strategy might this be? <laughs> it looks like these people ran away home. They ran for their dear lives. You know, you run to a point that when your shoes are trying to slow you down, you take off your shoes. Have you ever been pursued by a dog before? Especially if it looks like a Rottweiler or an Alsatian dog. And your sneakers are slowing you down. You take it off. There's no time to even untie. You just take it off as you're running. This is what happened to the Syrians. Because they heard the noise of a multitude of soldiers coming against them. Mothers didn't remember to take their children along. Mother went one way, kids went the other way. Father one way, daughter another way. God will cause your enemies gathered together against you to hear a noise. And the Lord will turn it around for your victory in the name of Jesus. The Bible says, and the people went out. <laughs> when the news came, these were hungry people. They couldn't wait anymore. The news came back. From the people that rode the two horses. They came back and said, Sir, food everywhere. Clothes everywhere. Vessels everywhere. Gold everywhere. On the road. And I figured they brought some samples. Here, Doubting Thomas, look at this. Oh king, look at this. The people didn't wait for the instruction of the king. Verse 16. The Bible says, and the people went out. And spoiled the tents of the Syrians. Now, it doesn't mean they damaged the tents. What it means when the Bible says they spoiled something or someone in warfare is that they took everything that that, that, that person possessed, everything they had. So they spoiled, they emptied the tents. All right? So, a measure of fine flour was sold for a circle, and two measures of barley. For a circle, according to the word of the Lord. What they brought back was so much in abundance that they had to sell them for cheap. There was no point hiking the price because it was in abundance. It was too much. And everything came to pass according to the word of the Lord. Verse 17. And the king appointed the Lord. You remember that man? Do you remember that man from last week? We spoke about him a lot. And the king appointed the Lord on whose hand he leaned 
to have the charge of the gate. He said, now you're going to be the gatekeeper, all right? You are, my, you are the wisest man in my kingdom. You're going to be in charge of how we're going to buy and sell. How people will buy and sell, you know, this stuff. Let's make it cheap so that everybody can afford it. Every household can afford it. And so uh, he made him the minister of finance plus budget and price control. All right? So he said, be in charge. And he was at the gate. And the people, the people trod upon him in the gate and he died. As the man of God has said, who spake when the king came down to him? They, they put him in charge of the gate. The people didn't see if there was a human being there. They moved anything. If it was possible, they would move the gate. These are people who had been hungry for so long. They had been eating up their kids. And you now told them there was food somewhere. And you are going to be the gatekeeper. You are going to be a barrier between me and the food. Man, I'm going to clear you out of the way. They cleared him out of the way. They trod upon him. I was advising the Milade who shared her testimony two weeks ago. She wasn't in church last week. People die of stampede. Thank God she, she, she was rescued. Don't go to that kind of concert again. Amen? This man died of stampede. People are hungry. You say you are the gatekeeper. We're not here for gatekeeping. We want to get the stuff. And you know that when people are desperate, desperate people do desperate things. They will move anything out of their way. If you stand as an obstacle, they're going to move you out of the way. So they moved this guy out of the way. They didn't, they, didn't, they didn't plan to kill him. They didn't plan to kill him. But you know, he didn't just die. Are, are you with me, church? Nothing just happens. Why did the king appoint him to be the one to keep the gates? Because the word of Elisha must come to pass. Because God honors the words of his servant. The man of God had prophesied that you will see the abundance with your eyes, but you are not going to eat of it. Now, when they put him at the gate, when the king put him at the gate, he saw the abundance. He saw the food afar off. He saw the barley and the wheat. He saw the gold, the, the, the designer garments, the silver. He saw it with his eyes. This was just 24 hours. 24 hours after the prophecy. But he, he didn't wait to partake of it. And it came to pass as the man of God had spoken to the king, singing two measures of barley for a shekel and a measure of fine flour for a shekel shall be tomorrow about this time in the gate of Samaria. And that Lord answered the man of God and said, Now behold, if the Lord should make windows in heaven, might such a thing be? And he said, Behold, thou shalt see with an eyes, but shall not eat thereof. And so it fell out unto him. It fell out unto him. Nothing just happens. He had died in the realm of the spirit before he died in the physical. His mouth killed him. He said what he wasn't supposed to say. He challenged the authority of the Lord. And the man of God declared his funeral. You will see it, but you are not going to partake of it. And so he died in the realm of the spirit before he died in the physical. People don't just die. They die before they die. Are you with me, church? Are you with me, church? When people get healed also, they get healed before they get healed. Everything happens in the realm of the spirit, and then it shows in the physical. Whatever you see in the physical today has a spiritual undertone. There is nothing like kill Sarah, Sarah. Whatever will be, will be. Come on, my friend. If you subject your life to kill Sarah, Sarah, you won't like what you will see. I want us, this is a wake-up call for everybody. Every one of us, including myself. In 2024, to lock hands with God and make things happen in our favor. And not just to sit in the back burner of our lives and watch things happen. And watch events unfold. People say, you take each day as it comes. No, you grab each day before it comes. Job said, have you commanded the morning? 
Do you know about commanding your morning? Business people, do you know how to command your day? Students, do you know how to command your day? What you want the day to bring? It's all available in the scriptures. These are treasures available to us as God's children. But when the children of God don't know how to maximize these things, the children of the world do so. They do so. They command their day. They command their morning. Before you get to the market to open your shop at 9 a.m., they are there at 6 a.m. commanding all the blessings that is coming that day. Wake up. Wake up. Nothing just happens, though. Whether good or bad. Nothing. You know, it's just a happenstance. Nothing like that. There are no happenstances in the realm of the spirit. You want your church to grow, you have to do something about it. And for us, because we have picked our tents with God, the only thing we know to do is to pray and then to reach out. To pray, believe God, and then reach out. Pray, listen for instruction, and then reach out. You want your business to grow. Pray, listen to instruction, and then do what the, whatever the Lord says to do. The mother of Jesus said to them in John chapter 2 and verse 5, he said, whatever he says unto you to do, do it. Whatever. Whatever he says to do, do it. Whether verse 5 or verse 7, look at it for me. Quickly, Jesus came, went to a marriage in the kind of Galilee, and they ran out of wine. And the mother of Jesus went to him and said, hey, they don't have wine anymore. And Jesus said, hey, woman, my time is not yet come. What have I to do with you now? And the mother ignored him and faced the servant in verse 5 and said to the servant, whatsoever is said unto you, do it. And I'm saying to you, expression house this morning, whatever God tells you in 2024, do it. Did you hear what I said? Your breakthrough that you need, that you've been desiring, that you've been longing for is in God's instructions to you. He says, join a ministry, join. He says, go for Riasa, go. It might not make sense to you in the natural, but it says, go, go. Your blessing is there. The reason many are stuck today, the reason many are on the same spot and they're stagnant is because they disobey God's instructions. I pray for you that you have an obedient heart this year in the name of Jesus. Nothing just happens. And then I gave us about five points. I'm just going to zero in on the last one today. From this story, from this account. Number one, for the sake of those who are not here, I said cultivate intimacy with God. It is this intimacy that will open your ears to hear, your spiritual ears to hear, and your spiritual eyes to see. Cultivate intimacy with God. Revelation 1.10, John, the beloved on the Isle of Patmos, said I was in the spirit on the last day and I heard. Number two, I said honor God's ministers. Dishonor is to your disadvantage. Why do you need to honor God's ministers? God will not do anything without telling, without revealing it to his servant, the prophets. It's like the senior pastor giving us a direction for this year. The direction is dominion. And so we are walking in that direction because that was what the Holy Ghost said to him. So we honor him. We are telling him, Father, we believe in what you have told us because we know that God told you. He said, come to pray every Friday, 5.30 to 7.30. I'm there. Unless I'm not in this city. Why am I there? I'm not there to look at anybody. I'm not even looking at my wife. I'm praying in one direction. She's praying in the other direction. Each of us praying kakapalakata at the top of our lungs. Why? Because the set man of this house, Pastor Alex Adeboe said, this is the direction that God is leading us this year. Dominion. I won't come up with something else. That's the direction we're going. We go there, sir. We follow you as we follow Christ. You know why? He gets why. In Hosea 12, 13, the Bible says by a prophet, and by a prophet the Lord brought Israel out of Egypt. And by a prophet was he preserved. By a prophet. People are brought out of bondage by a prophet. 
and by a prophet they are preserved. Who is the prophet over your life? Some have none. Some have too many. There is, you see, those two options I gave you, neither of them is good. May the Lord grant you understanding. In 2 Chronicles 20, 20, Jehoshaphat stood in the, in the wilderness of Tekoa and said to the children of Israel, he said, Hear ye, O Israel, believe in the Lord your God, so shall you be established. Believe his prophet, so shall you prosper. There are many established Christians today. They are established, but they are not prospering. They are in every service. They serve with all their heart, but they are not prospering. They are not moving forward. You know why? They believe in the Lord their God, so they are established. But they don't believe his prophets. And if you don't believe the prophet God has placed over you, there is no prosperity for you. That's, the, that's God's order. You can't break it. Your spirituality cannot break it. I caught this light a few years ago. And since I've caught it, I said, my God, my life has been on an, another level. Another level. Another level. Another level. I, I can tell you, another level. Uh, I want to encourage you. Listen to the message of last Sunday. you get more from that. Number three, watch your mouth. All of these lessons, all of these nuggets, we were able by the help of the Holy Ghost to pick from this story. Watch your mouth. In Psalm 141 verse 3, the psalmist said, set a watch over my mouth, O Lord. Keep the door of my lips. One of the doors to your destiny, one of the gateways to your destiny is your mouth. You can talk your way up. And if you like, you can talk your way down. Many have talked themselves to the grave, whereas others have used their mouth to their own advantage. They've talked their way to the palace to dine and wine with princes. What are you saying over yourself? Watch your confession. Number four, I said never limit God. Never limit God. That man limited God. When the man of God said tomorrow, about this time, shall a Congo of rice be sold for a hundred naira in every market in Nigeria and two Congos of beans for a hundred naira. What? If God were to open the windows of heaven. No, if he were to make windows in heaven. Because according to the man, there were no windows in heaven. Might this thing be? Can you believe it now? For example, if I say a Congo of rice shall be sold for 100 naira. And two Congos of beans shall be sold for 100 naira. Now, Elisha didn't put it in the future. He said tomorrow about this time. 24 hour timeline. In the natural, anybody can just wave that off and say, no, that, that can't happen. I mean, according to the laws of demand and supply, I mean, when you put in a scale of preference, I mean, I'm a first-class graduate of economics, and I know that when you plot the graph of demand against supply, and if you're, if you're a student of econometrics, you will understand that these things don't work that way. Too much English. Too much English. And it's worrying Nigeria. When, when, I, when I look at how they are talking about the analysis of the Naira and what is going on in the Forex market. It doesn't make sense to me when I read the analysis. It doesn't make any sense. I don't know about you. So, uh, there is still, the, 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 the CBN should stop uh, the ways and means that they are giving to the FG. What is ways and means? What are you talking about? Does that translate to rice on my, on my table? Too much English in Nigeria. And especially when they want to steal from us. So, it's called monetization policy. And, and so that policy is based on what are you talking about? Can you break it down to the level that an average man can understand? Too much English, no result. Are you with me, church? 
Don't limit God. People can be limited, not God. God can do anything. In fact, John described God in Matthew 3.9. He said God can raise children from stones. In the natural, that is not possible. But God is not a natural God. He's a supernatural God. Can I have an amen to that? And don't say, oh, well, I don't think that can work, lest he turn you to stone. If he can raise children from stone, he can turn children to stone as well. You want to doubt that? Ask Mr. Lot what happened to his wife. She was a human being. How come she became a pillar of salt? Don't mess with God. God is not your mate. Don't try to rationalize God with your, with your small mind. Our mind is too small to rationalize God. There is, it's too complex for any AI. Any AI in the world. You know, IT guys thought we made a breakthrough now with AI. Artificial intelligence. AI can do anything. AI can make you finer. I don't know the AI that can come to your kitchen, cook your food, go to market, buy your food stuff, come to your kitchen, cook your food, and put food in your mouth right now. Maybe in another 10 years it will happen. Number five, which is my point for today. Never, ever, if you're writing this right, never, ever write anyone off. Never, ever make the mistake of writing people off. This one is no good. I'm not, I'm not their level. We're not on the same level. We're not the same class. I, 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 I'm, I'm better than you. Don't, don't drop that mentality. Drop it. If you want to see God in action in 2024, drop, drop your, come down from your high horse. Never write anybody off. Listen, in that account that we read, God chose the most incredible vessels. The four lepers. Those guys had been banished out of town. They were living in their colony. Back in the day, lepers lived in colonies. Leper with leper. Lepers didn't live among the people because they were unclean. If they had any business to do in town, they had to come ringing a bell from afar and they'll be screaming at the top of their lungs, unclean, 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 so that you can take off. That way you will know that a leper is coming to town. The people that have been forsaken, the people that nobody wanted to have anything to do with, those were the vessels that God chose. I like it when people write me off, really. Personally, I like it. When people size you up and say, are you sure you're going to be able to do this business? Can we trust you with this amount of money? Are you going to be able to deliver? It makes me go back on my knees to say, Father, show yourself strong. It's dangerous when people hype you too much. Do you, some of you that, that are into maybe uh, the creatives, you probably know what I'm talking about. When, uh, even if you're a fashion designer, and ah, man, she's the best. Ah, if you know what she designs, eh, blah, 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 and then they give you a cloth to sew. And that's the day something goes wrong. Anybody knows what I'm talking about this morning? Ah. Hey, it, it has happened again and again. But when a new customer comes and they look at you like, <laughs> are you sure you can handle my clothes? I'm not easy. And I don't do cheap stuff. Check the fabric. I imported it from Switzerland. Please don't mess it up. Oh. They say, ah, mommy, don't worry, ma. By the grace of God, I will deliver. Now you are putting the grace of God. You are wise. Are you with me? When they brought Joseph from the prison and Pharaoh said to him, I've been told that you can interpret dreams. He said, it's in the almighty God. 
is the one that gives interpretation of dreams. The same thing Daniel said when Daniel was brought up before the king and the king said, I had a dream and I've forgotten my dream and all these magicians and astrologers, they couldn't even tell me my dream. How can they tell you your dream? They were not in your sleep now. But I've been told that you are wise and you are able to tell secrets and you are able to reveal dreams and reveal their meaning. Daniel said to him, it's in God to do that. But God will give you an answer of peace. Be quick to return the glory to God. Are you with me, church? And when people write you off, give him praise. Lean on him. Pray some more. Delve into the word. Eat the word. Then go and do exploits. And then they will see how big your God is. Can I have an amen to that? Is it because God likes to show us on our behalf? The one that they've written off. So that when that thing happens, everybody will know that this is not you. This is beyond you. Are you with me? Are you with me, church? I hope you're not sleeping on me. Are you with me, church? All righty. Praise God. Amen. Never write anyone off. I'll give you um, about two examples in the Bible. Um, very quickly, I want to say again, I want to reiterate the fact that God can use anybody. And you cannot tell God who to use. So those of you who normally pray and target people in your prayer, God, use Uncle Nathaniel for me. <laughs> you must be God trying to answer your prayer. What you need is help. God, help me. Use anybody. God can use your gate man. Are you with me? Are you with me? God can use your junior in school. Be extremely careful the way you treat people. Especially those who seem to, to, to have some kind of deficiency. Maybe they don't have the same level of education like you have. Those who are not in your social class or status. Those who are not as educated as you are. Not as rich. Not as influential. Not as powerful. Definitely not as connected as you. When you talk, they, they, they shiver. Be careful how you treat them. Be careful how you treat them. Treat them well. More often than not, some of them have information that can change your life. Let's learn from Naaman this morning. Naaman was the army general in Syria. But this man had leprosy. And God chose to use his house help to give him information that changed and saved his life. 2 Kings chapter 5. Can you give me that on the screen? Verses 1 to 3. Let's look at Naaman. When you hear of Naaman, what comes to your mind quickly is leprosy. Naaman the leper. Anybody knows what I'm talking about? Naaman the leper. But look at his CV. The way the, way the Bible puts his CV here, then it said Naaman. Now, Naaman the leper. No. No. Let's read this together. One, two, go, everybody. Now. Now. Make it louder. Make it louder. One, two, go. Now, Naaman Captain of the host of the king of Syria. This is Naaman the leper. Captain of the host. Now, in the Nigerian army, captain of the host is the chief of army staff. A.K.A. the Koas. In the military, they say Koas. Chief of army staff. For short, Koas. Now, was a great man with his master. Was he a small man? Oh, come on. Nobody came to church? <sighs> I thought my mic went off. Is this still working? Can you hear me? Okay. I hope nobody's sleeping right now. It's dangerous to sleep at this moment. It's not good to sleep. Now. When you get back home, sleep. Not now. Okay? So, let's read that again together. One to go. Now. Top of your voice. One to go. Now, Naaman, captain of the host of the king of Syria, was a great man with his master and honorable. Because by him, the Lord had given deliverance unto Syria. He was also 
a mighty man in valor. He was a huge man. He was a big man. He see if he was intimidating. But, but, but is a conjunction that introduces a change of direction. He's a nice man, but always getting angry. She's a wonderful woman, sweet-spirited woman, but oh, she's so cantankerous. But a huge man, a big man, Naaman, a mighty man of valor, a man of substance. He was a great man with the, with the king. He was, he was the captain of the host. At his command, in fact, he was the CMC, the commander-in-chief of the armed forces of Syria. But he was a leper. That leprosy was a dent on his resume. Are you with me, church? Verse 2 now. Verse 2. And the Syrians had gone out by companies and had brought away captive out of the land of Israel a little maid. Somebody say a little maid. Not a big girl. Not a big girl. Not all the big girls in town. Little. A little maid. And, and, and she waited on Naaman's wife. Not even on Naaman. Who was she to wait on Naaman? She was waiting on the wife. The wife's house help. Not Naaman's house help. Naaman was a big man. And I figure he had a baritone voice. He would speak and the house would shake. He was the army general. He could kill anybody at any time. All he would say is, go execute that guy. Boom. Brought this little girl from Israel. They had gone to Israel to fight and they captured some people. Among the people they captured was a little girl that was running around. So they captured her and put her in the truck and drove her to Syria. And they said, this small girl, let her be waiting on, the, on, the, on, on Koas's wife. Verse 3. One day, the little girl having lived in the same house with Naaman. You know, people that live with you know your stuff. They know your weakness. Everybody saw the army general's uniforms and boots and, and guns and, and artillery and all the weapons. And, and they saw, you know, the, the splendor around him. He was a great man. He was not poor. He wasn't broke. He was rich. He was influential. He was powerful. Everybody saw all of that outside. But the people that live with you on the inside are those who see the things that those on the outside don't get to see. You don't go to bed with your uniforms and your boots. At some point, Neman would have to take off the uniform, take off the facade. Like ladies, take off the wig. <laughs> I mean, I've seen people remove wig and, oh my God, what you got there? Wig is covering a whole lot of stuff. Thank God for wigs. Amen. Praise God. And if the foundation be destroyed, what can the righteous do? When some people wash up the foundation and wash up everything, you're going to look again. That's why some men are shocked on the next day of their wedding. The following morning. For the first time, they are seen Tim Natural. So this is what you really look like. Yeah, I've always looked like this. No! No! <laughs> Naaman would strip off everything and would have his boxer shorts on and his t-shirts and his pair of palm slippers and his gloves to cover his leprosy. And he was stinking and smelling. On the outside, he wore expensive perfumes. Nobody would know. You couldn't even come close to him. But back home, this little girl was able to see that this man was suffering from leprosy. And leprosy was eating up his body, killing him gradually, killing him instrumentally. Killing him softly. That's the title of a song back in the day when we're still in the world. Hallelujah. 
And she said unto her mistress. She couldn't go to Naaman. She took a risk and said, Man, good morning, mommy. Would God, I figured the girl did like this, would God all wrong? The Yorubas will say that when you are sure of your charm, you use it to knock your head. You hit your head and say, I, I'm sure of this charm. I can finish anybody. Ah! They said, Obunge, Obunge. How many of us are that confident about our God? This young girl who must have been taught about the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob by her parents in the land of Israel was taken to a foreign land, but she continued to serve that God. Never forgot that God. That's why, listen to me, church. I know many of you are not parents now, but when you start becoming parents, teach your children the word of God. So that no matter where they go in the world, nobody can take it away from them. Overnight, my son was strong and his blood, uh, uh, body, body temperature was so high. And he came to my room at 2 a.m. and knocked the door. I didn't know who was there. I just got up and the guy was standing there like he was going to pass out. So I hugged him. I said, what's up? Body was so hot. I said, okay, now come into my room. Put him on my bed. Let me pray for you. I got my prayer shawl out and then laid hands on him. And as I began to pray, my son was singing. I wanted to pray for him. He was singing. All my life you have been faithful. I mean, his body was piping hot. And the boy could find the strength to say, all my life you have been. I had to open my eyes. Who was singing here? Teach your children in the way of the Lord. Some of our parents didn't have that privilege. They didn't have that. We, we didn't have that privilege to be taught by parents. Because they did their best, but that was their best. That was as far as their best could go. But now you know. You'll be guilty if you don't train your children the way of the Lord. The young man is fine now. Glory be to God. Amen. She said to her mistress, Would God, my Lord, were with the prophets that is in Samaria? Would God, my Lord, were with that prophet in Samaria? Or long, he would recover him of his leprosy. I don't have time to read the story, but I'll, I'll paraphrase it. The next thing that happened, somebody got that information from Madame. They told the man himself, Naaman. Naaman told the king, but there was a misinformation. The king assumed that it was the king of Israel that would do the healing of leprosy. So he wrote a letter to the king of Israel. I said, I'm sending my army general to you. Cure him of his leprosy. King said, Mubay. When the king of Israel received the letter, he said, oh! Who told this man I can cure somebody of leprosy? In fact, it was so bad, he tore his clothes. See, this man is looking for war. He's looking for an excuse to start a war against our country. Because am I God that would heal him of leprosy? That information got to Elisha the prophet. The son of Shaphat. The man that had no chill. His anointing was also piping hot. Elisha had that information that the king had rent his clothes. He had torn his clothes. He said, my king, what's the problem? Why are you tearing your clothes? And the king told him what happened. He said, send him to me. When Naaman finally came to, uh, to Samaria, Elisha didn't come out of the house. He was inside the house. Naaman was standing outside. Army general with all the regalia, the full regalia, all the paraphernalia. They got to the house of Elisha. Elisha humbled him. Elisha, the man that has stayed in the presence of God, 
say, if I bow before God, I won't bow before anybody. Stood inside. He sent one of, his, one of the sons of the prophet. to go and meet him outside. Tell him to go and wash himself in, in Jordan. Seven times. Deep inside Jordan. Seven times. Get out the seventh time. You'll be fine. Your skin will be fresh. When the information got to Neymar. Neymar said, I even thought he would come out and call upon his God and lay hands on me and slap the leprosy out of me. He told me to go and wash in, in, in Jordan. What, what nonsense. He said, are there not, are there not rivers in, 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 my, in my town that are better than all the rivers in Israel? He mentioned one. He said, Abana. River Abana. Abana. He mentioned two. I can't remember the other name. But they're there. But Abana was one of them. That struck me. Abana. Somebody say Abana. Would that be Amala? And, and, and. Naaman became so angry, so upset, so, so frustrated. He was walking away. Got back into his limousine to drive back to Syria. Can you imagine all the cars that came with him? And one of his servants. Somebody say one of his servants. Never write anybody off. You see, it was the king that messed up in Israel. A servant. Naaman had a problem. House help. Na uh, yeah. Now, Naaman again was going to lose his mind. One of his servants. The people under you, treat them well. Those of you from influential homes, you're, you see that tiny girl that cooks your family's meal? You see that your gate man? Your daddy's driver that you just call, you just say, Joseph, why me by Joe? Idiot. Don't you know I should, I should be receiving my lecture by 9 o'clock? This, this is 9.05. Nonsense. Well, I'll get daddy to sack you. Good morning, madam. What's good about the morning? My friend, start the car and turn on the AC. Let it, let it blow for like 10 minutes before I come out. I want the car to be chill before I step out. Nonsense. That person might have the information that will save your life. I've been through some stuff in my life in the last one year. I learned through the school of hard knocks that there are people, in fact, don't, don't underestimate anybody. Don't write off anybody. You don't know who knows somebody. An ordinary housing agent, people that rent, that help people to get houses, want to get uh, one room here, was the one that connected a friend of mine to a very top shot in the Nigerian police in this country last year when we needed that connection badly. She was just meant to take my friend in my friend's car to go and check a house. And on their way, my friend was driving his Lexus, nice car, and my friend just was thinking out loud, ah, who is going to connect me to this man? And this lady was sitting in the back of the car. And she smiled. I don't want to mention the man's name because we're on air. And, and, and she smiled and said, why do you need him? She said, well, I just need to talk to him about the situation that we're in. She just smiled and said, well, I'll get him for you. He was my classmate in school. My friend said, oh, your classmate. Nigerians and farms in things, you know. Everybody likes to associate with big, big men. Housing agent. The top uh, police chief. The next moment. My friend said he heard the voice of the man on the phone because the lady dialed his number, put the phone to speaker and said somebody would like to talk to you. And the man said, who wants to speak to so-so-so and so? He mentioned his name. My friend said he had to stop the car. What? I'm not telling you a story. I'm telling you what happened for real. I'm telling you, I know, I know the people involved and I was involved in the case. And my friend just spoke with the man, sir, my name is so-so-and-so and so-so-and-so and so somebody's calmed us and blah-blah-blah and we're trying to do this blah-blah-blah-blah-blah-blah-blah. Okay, who is the petitioner? And my friend mentioned my name. He said, okay, I'm interested in the case. The man doesn't know me. I don't know him. I've never seen him before except on the internet and on TV. 
from an agent who was trying to show my friend there's a three-bedroom apartment. Come and move there from where you are to another place. Never underestimate anybody. Never write anybody off. You don't know who is going to help you. He might be that next Okada man. Stop writing Okada. Oh, praise God. Pastor Fred said the Okada man could be of help. Praise God. Hallelujah. He's given us the license to ride Okada. No. Trust God for a car in the name of Jesus. One of the servants told him, Oga, if this man had told you to do something very tedious and very tough and very onerous, a, a very difficult thing, you would have done it. He said, yes, yes. You know, men like, men like, men, we men, like our ego massaged. And you ladies need to understand that as Valentine is coming. And as marriage is coming. The servant massaged his ego by telling him, sir, you know, if this man had told you to do something serious, something big, you would have done it. In fact, if he had asked you to build a house for him, you would have built it. He said, yes, I can do that. Massaging his ego. He said, but sir, he just told you to take your bath in a river. Just do it, sir, and you'll be fine. Sir, Okay. Oh, the other thing so it makes sense. Oh yeah, um, driver, turn. Let's go to that river, Jordan. And he got there and jumped in and dipped seven times. And the Bible said when he came out the seventh time, his flesh was as fresh as that of a little child. Shut up, tell you what? He ran to the house of Elijah. Man of God, I beg you, see me this time. Don't stay inside, see me. He came with ten talents of silver and two changes of raiment. Designer, designer. Ten talents of silver that were carried by camels. One, one, one. Imagine ten loads. In, in, as of 2006, that would be worth about 10 million, about 6 million US dollars. By now, maybe about 12 million US dollars. To say thank you, sir. If not more. Because of the global inflation. Elisha said, I'm not going to take anything from you. What's wrong with this, Elisha? You deflated him the first time. The guy got angry. But you can't be angry with God. If you like, be angry with God. Break your head. Come back. You'll still meet God on the same spot. God will say, I have told you what to do. Go and do it. Now he came to say thank you. The man said, I'm not going to take it. Ah, Omo, Gehazi say, uh, Oga, please, I want to go to the toilet, sir. <laughs> Gehazi went to the toilet. From the toilet, <laughs> Apologies to non-Yoruba speakers. Yoruba is sweet. Learn it. It's sweet. It's good for you. Are you getting something? So, Naaman was cruising with his entourage. They were all driving at maybe 120 miles per hour. They were just, because the guy was happy. They were jamming music in the car. Man, Oga don't flesh. Oga. Then they saw a bike carrying a passenger trying to overtake them. He said, yeah, lo, 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 
How much are you going to collect? The guy said, I'll collect 15. I said, I'll give you 5,000. Ah! Now die today. Is it to catch up that car? As they were riding furiously. May I put a card out? It's not in the Bible. I figure, I'm putting it in contemporary setting. I figure that Naaman looked through the rear mirror and said, ah, Who is this guy that is daring us? I'm an army general. You can't kidnap me. I'll finish you. They said, Driver, calm down, calm down, slow down. Let's see. So they slowed down. Then the Okada got to where they were. Neymar rolled down the windows. AC, perfumes, air fresheners. Blew on the face of Gehazi. Sir, my Lord, as soon as you left, sir, man of God, how were you? Sir, officer, officer, as soon as you left, two people came as visitors to come and visit my master. My master now said, see that man, Neymar, pursue him, overtake him, recover from him. One talent of silver and one, no, two changes of raiment. One talent of silver, two changes of raiment. Yes, he said, oh my, Neymar said, oh my God, I brought everything for him. But please, I beg you, instead of one talent of silver, take two. The guy cast out. Gave him two changes of raiment. Very happy. He said, the Lord be with you. The Lord be with you. The Lord be with you. The Lord be with Neymar was going. Neymar gave him two servants to help him carry those things because they were heavy. When they almost got to the house, they said, eh, you don't need to enter the house. So drop the tea here. Don't worry. <laughs> bye-bye. Bye-bye. Eh? Bye-bye. Who? Uh-huh. <laughs> Ijama. Who? Uh-huh. <laughs> Ijama means safe journey. Safe journey. Who? Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. Oh. So he carried it and went to hide it. Then he showed up to see his master. He said, master, ah, I, should I make a, a bar for you this afternoon? Uh, an soup. Master said, um, Gehazi, where are you coming from? I didn't go anywhere. Ah, uh, you told me to wash some clothes. The clothes you used for the revival last week. I was washing it at the backyard. Okay, that cloth dirty. Oh. Ah, ah, see my hand. Okay, you need to buy a washing machine. Oh. Elisha looked at him and shook his head. Don't know that my spirit went with you as you were going. Is this the time, Gehazi? Is this the time to collect money? Is this the time? To collect talents of silver? Is it the time to collect remnants? Is it the time to collect olive yards? And animals? Is this the time in Nigeria for our prophet to be telling the people in the corridor of power all is well when all is not well? Those who have access to them who don't tell them the truth or collect honorarium. Is this the time? Is this the time? Elisha had no chill. Listen, the leprosy that left Gehazi comes upon you now. And it will be on you and your seed forever. Any leper you see today is a descendant of Gehazi. That moment, the Bible says forever. Forever. That moment, he became as white as snow. Immediately he released the word. He released the prophetic word. With the prophetic utterance came the power to bring it to pass. Yes, he became leprous. This is for young ministers. As God is using you and will be using you, sending you to places, there are things God will tell you don't collect. 
don't. There are things you collect and God says it's not for you. Go and drop it to, for someone else. Do with joy. Do with joy. That's free of charge. But for you generally as a house, never write anyone off. Are you with me, church? Time will not permit me to talk about David also. In 1 Samuel 30, you remember? When they had burnt Ziklag down. I preached that message last year. Recover all. They burnt Ziklag down. There was no clue to know where the enemies were. David sought the Lord. Lord, should I pursue them? Will I overtake? And the Lord said, pursue. For you shall surely overtake them. And without fail, recover all. So they started their journey. But there was no compass. There was no navigator. There was no navigation system. There was no GPS to tell them the location of these guys. There were no Google Maps back in the day. And there were no hackers to tell the exact location of these guys. So they had to depend on the Lord. But listen to me. As they depended on the Lord, God led them as they were going in the wilderness. As they were going, they met a young man, an Egyptian, who was in the floor, who was in the sand, about to die. The men of David picked him up. They brought him to David. David could have said, let's cut off his head. But no. He said, give him bread. They gave him bread. Then they made him to drink water. He had not eaten for three days. He had not taken water for three days. Your, your body can do without food for three days. Three straight days. But your body can do without water for three straight days. By the fourth day, you will exit. People who go on the long fast, that's why we advise them, take water. You need water. Our body is made up of water. You need to know the, the percentage volume of water in our body. Your brain, there's water. In your bone, there's water. In your blood, there's water. There's water everywhere. They made him to drink water. Do you know that in Jesus' fast, Matthew 4, Luke 4, the Bible actually didn't tell us that Jesus didn't take water. Fasted food. People have gone into eternity from fasting without wisdom. Just want to fast 21 days. Fast everything. I want to see God. Yeah, they've seen God. Everything in the kingdom answers to wisdom. Are you getting what I'm saying? Seek wisdom. My father in the faith was going to go on a 21-day fast. Absolute fast. What you call biri biri. He went to his father in the Lord, who had done it about three times. Sir, how did you do it? Then the man told him, there's a time to drink water. There's the volume of water to drink. You don't drink it anyhow and anytime. This is how to do it. This is how to do it. Wisdom. If I want to go on my own 21, no, I will try 14 first. No, I will start with seven. I've done three. I've done it a couple of times. Nothing for three days. I mean, my wife can be a witness. And I've been doing it since my teenage years. So some of us cannot be fat, no matter your prayer. Are you getting what I'm saying? Now, but if I want to do seven, and I want to do 14, because I'm looking at them now, I'm, I'm, I'm actually looking at them ahead. I will go to him and say, Baba, how did you do it? They made this guy drink water. They gave him clusters of raisins to eat. They gave him cakes of figs to eat. Balanced diet. The Bible says when the guy ate those things, his spirit revived again. Food is powerful. Then David sat him down. And David asked him, who are you? I'm an Egyptian. Three days ago, I fell sick. My master dumped me in the wilderness. What a terrible master. He said, but before then, we had gone to so-so-and-so places. We got to Ziklag. We took everything there, and we burnt the city. 
And that was the information David needed. What? You were one of them? Can you bring me to this company? Sir, I will bring you there. But please, vow to me. You will not kill me. And you will not hand me over to my master. Because he will destroy me. First Samuel chapter 30. That guy brought David and the entire armies to where the enemies were. And they saw them eating and drinking and dancing as home to. Hey, hey. They don't cash out. They were dancing and partying hard. David started killing them from the twilight until the next day. And then he recovered all. But he needed that Egyptian. You don't know who your own Egyptian is. You don't know the Egyptian in the sand. That you need to wake up, clean up, feed, connect, help them get a job. Help them talk to your uncle in Abuja. Because you don't know what this person is going to do in your life in return. Are you getting what I'm saying? Don't write anybody off. They could have said it was an Egyptian idiot. Let him die. That's not the kind of person we need. And they would have missed the information that they needed. Are you with me, church? Have you learned anything this morning? Don't trivialize anybody. Those women that sell in your school, those of you that are in schools, different schools, those women that sell fine eyes, sell, sell puff puff, sell water, sell whatever, don't, don't, don't treat them like they're not human beings. They, they, just might, they just might connect you to the professor that will change your life for free. For free. Greet people. Be nice to people. It doesn't cost much to be nice. Some of you come to church, you're not even nice in church. If you're not nice in church, I wonder where you will be nice. Somebody says, good morning, say morning. And I, and I dislike it. Somebody says, good morning, say to them, good morning. Please add good to the morning. Don't just give them say morning. Afternoon. Why are you so proud? What do you have? Don't share, no? Come down from your high horse, Joe. Tell your neighbor, say, be nice. I close. My time is up. Time is up. Five minutes I close. How, how did the abundance that was prophesied materialize? Elisha said, a measure of fine flour, two measures of barley for a shekel at the gate of Samaria tomorrow about this time. He gave the stuff, the amount, and the place. And everything happened according to the words of Elisha. According to the word of the Lord. Through the mouth of Elisha. But how did it happen? The best way I can explain this is to tell you that there was a move of God. Can I have an amen to that? God moved. How did God move? Every step of the lepers, God amplified it. Lepers are not people that walk and then you'll be hearing their footsteps. Some of them had their legs chopped off already. Some of the fingers chopped off. So they would just move quietly. Normally, they would just move quietly. Just move quietly. But every step they took, God amplified it. God is the amplifier of man's steps. God is the magnifier of man's efforts. You might put in a little effort. And when it is backed up by God, the kind of result you will have will be massive. That's why the Bible said, this is the Lord's, it's not riches doing. This is the Lord's doing. Are, are you with me? It's not Fred's doing. This is the Lord's doing. And it is marvelous in our eyes. Fred can lay hands on a, 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 a patient that is dealing with cancer. All that Fred can do is lay hands and pray. It is God who brings the healing. Are you getting what I'm saying? So there's a difference between what Fred can do 
and what Jesus can do. But one thing that I know about him is the magnifier of our steps. Are you with me, church? I want to encourage you to take a step. But while you take a step, lean on God to magnify your step. If God says open that shop, open the shop, but lean on him to bring in the clients, to bring in the customers, to bring in the resources, to bring in the people, to bring in the favor, to bring in all that you need. Don't be idle. You do what you got to do and let him do what only he can do, which you cannot do. Are you with me, church? As they took each step, God caused the, the Syrians to hear, no, 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 the neighing of horses. As they took the next step, boom, God caused the Syrians in their camp to hear, chariots. As they took another step, they were hearing the noise of a great host. Where were these hosts coming from? In the realm of the spirit, there are horses, there are chariots, there are angels. One of the names of God in the old covenant, which is still the name of God till today, is Jehovah El Sabaoth. They call him Jehovah Sabaoth or Sabaoth. S-A-B-A-O-T-H. Not Sabbath. Sabaoth. Sabaoth means the God of angel armies. Because the people of old realized that every time they went to war, not only did they go with the physical army, there was a spiritual army that followed them. Because more often than not, it was not their sword that killed the enemies, it was God, an effort bigger than theirs, that killed the enemies. In fact, they've gone to war when God raised hailstones from heaven to kill the enemies, and more died of the hailstones than of the sword of the Israeli army. That's why they call God the God, the God of Israel. El Elohe Israel. God, the God of Israel. But El Elohe Israel is also El Elohe Nigeria. And God is going to come through for his church. I said God is going to come through for his church. It may get dark in the world. It may get dark in the nation. But God is coming through for us. In the name of Jesus. He knows we are here. We are not going to be put to shame. Take with you Psalm 37 verse 19. It says, but they will not be disgraced in hard times. Even in famine, they will have more than enough. This is the season you will have more than enough. Three people came to church. The name El Sabaoth appeared more than 270 times in the Old Testament. Anytime you see the Lord of hosts, that's El Sabaoth. That's Jehovah Sabaoth. David, the psalmist used it. Um, I think Psalm 30. Remind me, Psalm 46. Thank you, Holy Spirit. In, I think, verse 7 and verse 11. Psalm 46. Psalm 46 opens with, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. In verse 7. Yeah, thank you. Verse 7 now. He said, the Lord of hosts, that's El Sabaoth. That's Jehovah Sabaoth. is with us. The God of Jacob. Is our refuge. Go to verse 11. He repeated it again. Verbatim. Word for word. The Lord of hosts. El Sabaoth. Or Jehovah Sabaoth. Is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Every step the lepers took. God amplified it. The enemies had noises. They had chariots coming. Then nobody told them. They generated a rumor by themselves. 
That rumor started from someone. Oh boy, oh boy, the king of Israel has hired the kings of the Hittites, not one king, the kings of the Hittites and the kings of the Egyptians to come against us, a great army. Let us run. That one ran to the next ten. Oh boy, the king of Israel has hired the kings of the Hittites and the kings of the Egyptians, a great army against us. Let us run. Then he got to the third tent, the fourth, the fifth. By the time he got to the tent, they were hearing, on your mark, let us go. Everybody took to their heels. They ran for their dear lives. They ran with nobody pursuing them. Sweatless triumph. Baba, miyajaguma fiti bonshe. He wins every battle without firing a bullet. I will kill you. I will send assassins to you. Don't worry. Send God to them. Just an angel to appear. That's all. In this case, the angels didn't appear. They just had the, the, the sound. But Lord, why would you send such people? I have a lot of scriptures to give you, but I'll stop here. I will stop because I promised you I will stop. I won't stop now. Why did he hear all of that? Why did he hear all of that? Because the word of the man of God must come to pass. The word from God. That tomorrow about this time, food has to be sold. And there is no food anywhere. Food was in the camp of the Syrians. The way this God packages things, eh? Are these Syrians stupid? You are going to war, you carried all the food stuff in your country. All the gold. When they were packing it, I, fig- I figured God was there. God was saying, okay, now, oh yeah, that's your Gucci. Gucci, take it, take it, take it, take it. Put it in the bag. <laughs> okay, I'll put it. Your Versace, put it. Mm, your Dickie anyway, put it. Uh, Louis Vuitton, put it. Uh, what else? <laughs> Whatever. Oh, yeah, pa, pa, yeah. My, 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 my daughters need that. Yeah, they will need. Okay, you, my sons will need all those things. Put them, put them. Your, your wristwatch, put it. Put, put, put the Rolex. Say, oh, I forgot the Rolex. So, Captain of the war, please wait for me. He had to go and pick his Rolex, put it in the bag. They didn't just pack their valuables, they packed food stuff. They packed fine flour and they packed barley. Because according to the word of the Lord, tomorrow about this time, Food must be in abundance at the gate of Samaria. There must be fine flour sold for a shekel and two measures of barley for a shekel. So there must be enough to go around so that the prices would crash. Are you getting what I'm saying? Stop limiting God. His word must come to pass. Stand on your feet. Onto ba tikbinu lokore useni to ledadu. Si eru olorun ba mi. Eru olorun ba mi o. Onto ba tikbinu lokore. Daniel 7.10 on the screen for me. Daniel 7.10 on the screen. Don't mess with God. How many are the angels of God? You can't number them. A fiery stream issued and came forth from before him. Thousand thousands ministered unto him. 
and 10,000 times 10,000 stood before him. The judgment was set and the books were opened. Can you number thousands of thousands? 10,000 upon 10,000. 10,000 times 10,000 probably give you 100 million. Then multiply that by thousands of thousands. Innumerable company of angels. Revelation 5.11 Impossible is nothing with God. Revelation 5.11 Read it everybody. Read with me. And I beheld and I heard the voice of many angels round about the throne and the beast and the elders and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands. I tried to calculate that. It brought error. How do you know the number of angels? So much so in Hebrews 12, 24, I believe 12, 24, 27, Hebrews 12. It says when we come to church like this, we have come to Mount Zion. Put it on the screen for me. Put it on the screen for me. Angels are all over this building, building right now. Right now. Thank you. Yeah, and to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling, that speaketh better things than that of Abel. Yes. Next verse. Oh, no. Oh, uh, no. Go up, go up a bit. Go up a bit. Go to the previous verse. Go to 21, 22. Go to 22. Yeah. For ye are come to Mount Zion. 22. And unto the city of the living God. That's where we are right now. Amen. The heavenly Jerusalem. And to what? Innumerable company of angels. Angels that are so many they cannot be numbered. Those are the people that fellowship with us every time. If God causes them to move and causes you to hear, what do you think you will hear? The sound of multitudes. I want to ask you, from this morning, are you just going to watch your life spiral out of control? Are you going to watch the devil keep harassing you? Arrested in your dream? Are you going to leave your family at the mercy of the enemy? Everybody is broke in the family right now. Daddy's broke, mommy's broke, you are broke. Or are you going to make things happen with God on your side? Are you going to watch your loved ones fall sick and die? Or are you going to do something about it? Are you going to just be there and watch the enemy give you pornographic film upon pornographic film to feed upon and to drain your anointing and keep draining you dry or you will stand up and say enough is enough Mr. Foul Devil I rebuke you I take authority over you you get out of my room now do it in the name of Jesus this message is not for fun this message is for people that will act it's for actors not for spectators I give you one minute, talk to God, whatever it is. Nothing just happens. Nothing just happens. Talk to God. Do you want to make something happen? Do you want God to make something happen in your life? Everybody go ahead and talk to God. Talk to Him in the understanding and then talk to Him in the Holy Ghost. One, two minutes, we're done. Lambra hasta kadabahaya. Oh, Can I get some intercessors? Join me on the microphone. Oh, 
If there is anything you are believing God for, this is the time. This is the time. This is the time to make it happen. Don't look around. Pray. Pray. If there are people that can pray, there's a God that answers prayers. And there are angels all over this building ready to do what we say. Everybody praying. Everybody praying. The play the instruments are praying. Ekelebo suka pa yana bahaya. Magaba de kelebo suka.